three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great uh, start to your week so far. I've got a review here for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is directed by Destin Daniel uh, Cretton. Uh, You know him from directing The Glass Castle, which... We reviewed here on the channel. I really, really was not a fan <laughs> of that movie, but I was a fan of Short Term 12, another movie that uh, Destin did with Brie Larson, and Just Mercy, another movie that he did with Brie Larson, which I absolutely adore. Uh, this stars uh, Simu, uh, Simu Liu, who of course plays Shang, uh, Shang-Chi. You know him from Kim's Convenience, most likely. Aquafina, of course, plays Katie. You know her from multiple things, The Farewell, Crazy Rich Asians, Aquafina's Nora from Queens, which I highly recommend, um, and we'll get into everyone else as we kind of get going. So, the thing about this movie, as we talk about the MCU at large, and as the MCU continues to get bigger, which is kind of hilarious to think that the MCU is still going and we're still getting you know, these sort of films, I will say myself... If you haven't listened to the review, I highly recommend you do. I was a big fan of Black Widow. I thought it was a uh, really, a really well done film. I was right on that B plus A minus range. I ended up giving it an A minus uh, just because I really did like where it ended up. Uh, even though I will say the alternative ending that you can look up, uh, I think the clip actually might be online at this point, but. I wish they would have gone off that ending. I, w- I really was like, uh, really? Uh, all right, that's a bummer that you didn't use that. But going into Shang-Chi, obviously we have to talk about the significance of having, you know, uh, having another minority character getting, getting the spotlight here. And I will say myself, I've read a little bit of Shang-Chi. Uh, there are connections to another character in the potential MCU that we will get to. But the big thing for me, I really was, I'm always scared when I watch <laughs> a movie where it's going to have a, you know, a person of color, or, you know, or like, a, you know, a woman or a minority character in the starring role, because I always want those films to do well, because especially if you're starting to, starting to launch a new franchise, I'm always like, please be good. Please be good. And, Son of a bitch, let's just get out of the way. This is a great Marvel film. Uh, this is better for me than Black Widow is, and I'll kind of talk about where it lands in my uh, overall rankings here in a bit. But uh, just to start the movie off, well, one thing I do love about this film, and I'm going to try to be somewhat vague because this is something I will want people, I will want all of y'all to go ahead and try to experience for yourselves as as free of spoilers as possible up to a certain point. But the movie starts off with really talking about the Ten Rings, and we uh, we are introduced uh, to uh, Win Wu, who's played by Tony Shu, uh, 
Chu Wai Leung, who I'm going to get back to him, but his portrayal as the Mandarin, which is essentially who he's playing here, and of course, the dad of Shang-Chi, his portrayal is fucking amazing. And I think the thing for me that I was so pleasantly surprised with, similar to Black Panther, is how at points how Shakespearean this film is. Uh, Shang-Chi, he runs from... He runs from his, quote, responsibility, what he's supposed to do. And again, that's something when you kind of get to the point in the film, you'll go, oh, shit, okay. But he really is running away from what his dad wants and not being what his dad wants him to be and how, you know, hell, we can all relate to, you know, maybe not going down the path that our parents, you know, want for us or rebelling. But Shang-Chi has a very good reason to rebel. And... That scene in particular, that subplot as far as why there's tension between him and his father was something I thought was so well done. And again, very Shakespearean. But I can already see one of the big complaints that some people are going to have. And this is just one of those things that I've argued with people about. And at this point, I think we really just kind of need to put it to bed. If you're a comic book purist, the MCU, the DCEU, most comic book films just aren't going to be free <laughs> because a lot of stuff in these in the uh, comic books just doesn't translate. I know myself, I was sitting here going, okay, they're, they're bringing up the Ten Rings, like the actual Ten Rings, the artifact. I appreciate that. They're not just going to be, you know, a, a group. And yet they're not really the Ten Rings, they're more like the Ten Gauntlets. And... If there is a complaint, I have very few about the film. I do wish the the rings themselves, as far as the powers, because and, and I know I've brought this up, brought brought up this example before. Iron Man Armored Adventures does a hilariously good job of explaining how the Ten Rings work, how the Mandarin works, all of that. And while I think this film does a great job of establishing the Mandarin as a threat and really building upon the lore that we know from, you know, from the Iron Man films, I do wish the gauntlets, the the ten gauntlets, I do wish those were better defined uh, as far as what their power bases are and everything. But, and, and I'll get to it later on, I think there's a reason that it's not clearly defined, to be honest, but we'll get there. But uh, Shang-Chi, he's living in San Francisco. He runs away, as I mentioned, from his dad. He starts his new life. His best friend, Katie, played by Aquafina, who's fucking wonderful. They're really just kind of chilling. They're really just making ends meet. They're both working as uh, as, as uh, like valet drivers. And yeah, they're getting drunk at, you know, 1 a.m. seeing karaoke all night. And it, it's I, I really like the way that their friendship is portrayed, because while the film does hint, especially as we get near the end, as far as it potentially being romantic down the road, they really do hold off on it here. And I went, okay, I actually like that the movie just doesn't end. It is very Iron Man-esque in that sense, but I really love the chemistry that Aquafina and uh, Simu Liu do have here. It, it, it really adds a lot more uh, to the film itself and really makes you care about both characters overall. So... I want to get into some st stuff that I love. I love the score for this movie. I, I think the score is, this is actually one of the best scored MCU films, 
maybe that they've done. I love, uh, I absolutely love uh, Joel P. West's score. I know I mentioned him earlier, but uh, you know he did. He's worked with Destin Daniel Creighton on at least three things that I was able to find: Short Term Twelve, Glass Castle, Just Mercy. And the music for Just Mercy, the score knows exactly when to you know be depressing when Michael B. Jordan's character is just going going through the shit. But then knows how to be uplifting when you feel like you're turning that corner. And when the Ten Rings are on screen, there's this very, very somber, almost gothic feel to the music that just I found truly just entrancing. Uh, I loved, I loved the score whenever the Ten Rings were on. But then also when we're in San Francisco, it is more, you know, kind of poppy. It's a little more lighthearted. I really like the way that you know the score in in a positive way does manipulate you and make you like really does enhance uh, everything that you're seeing the big thing i will say as far as a compliment the fight scenes are maybe some of the best the mcu's ever had and i and i'm excluding avengers films because you know those are just those are while those action scenes are amazing there's you know the cgi and all that stuff but as far as pure fighting this is the best. This is the best action film Marvel's done outside of uh, Winter Soldier. Um, the the hand to hand's incredible in here, and I was definitely looking for the spots where where is it? Uh, you know, where's it? Uh, where's it? Simu and where is it not? And it, it, the film does a great job of just cutting. So I, I really couldn't tell. There was maybe one spot that I went, okay, I think that's the the stunt person, but. My God, the, the I don't know if you have seen it. I would recommend if you haven't go on YouTube and look up uh, his uh, the his Shang Chi workout. It's intense, and I love how it really does feel. Unlike Iron Fist, which I will say this movie makes me hate Iron Fist more. But I love the way that every punch feels it, not just impactful, but it feels intentional. Like there is some just there is some vengeance behind these these shots and even when we don't know a lot about Shang-Chi you can kind of feel how intensely his father was training him it it has that Joe Jackson vibe to it because when he does go back home and they they show it in one of the trailers that post that he was punching continuously as a kid to go ahead and get his you know get his hands stronger and all that when you see him go up to that post and he kind of you know puts his fist where he'd always be punching, there is just there is just this darkness to his training that you go, all right, so this is child abuse, but <laughs> but you're trying to train a literal warrior, and that's what's that's where it brings me to uh, Minger uh, Mir Yang who plays uh, uh, Zhao Ling, who is uh, Shang Chi's sister. I love her so much. This actress, I mean, so get out of the way. She's absolutely gorgeous oh my god but she has this quiet charisma that kind of reminds me of uh ruby rose and john wick chapter two she definitely talks more in ruby rose but there are just these points where she just stares at someone and you can feel that she could just fuck that person up <laughs> so quickly just with a glance and the way that her and shang chi's paths cross in the film uh, initially, as far as their reintroduction to each other, I love the fact that this is kind of Sharon Carter vibes in the sense that, yeah, Shang-Chi did what, let's be clear, 
he did what was best for him at the moment. And again, when you find out why Shang-Chi leaves, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. And you go, oh, that, okay, yeah, if someone is trying to get me to do this, I would probably leave too. But, you know, she being the younger, she's a younger sister. Yeah, she is younger. Her being a younger sibling, she has this outlook that he abandoned her. And while, again, he was doing what was best for him, he did kind of technically abandon her. So her being pissed off at him and not really wanting to talk to him or really want to be involved with him in any way and being bitter, it makes sense as sad as it is. And I actually really appreciate uh, the way that their relationship is fleshed out and the multiple different avenues that it goes down as the film progresses. Um, one thing, and another thing I'll say for myself, the humor in this was awesome. The humor worked so well in this. Even to a point, I think the film is so well paced, but this film does, to an extent, remind me of Deadpool in the sense of there is a lot of stuff, obviously, in present day, but the film does do a really good job of going ahead and flashing back to go ahead and fill in these gaps. So you go, oh, okay, this is kind of why he would do this, or oh, this is what happened with him and his dad here, or him, or Shang-Chi and his sister. Okay, the there's almost this little mini-movie in a movie of uh, of his dad, of, uh, of Win-Wu, going ahead and talking about his uh, his uh, his wife uh played by Fala played by Fala Shin Lee or by Fala Shin pardon me she plays Lee but their their genesis for their relationship and them having kids and them getting married is so fucking sweet I went wow I could watch more of this we don't need to we don't need to get to Shang-Chi right now like they're it's such a sweet moment or sweet par uh, portion of the film. It's only about 10 minutes-ish. But what you get there, I went, I really love that this is the foundation of this movie. You know, because they could have easily opened up with, you know, Shang-Chi, you know, beating the crap out of a bunch of people randomly. But the film is confident enough to go ahead and know that, okay, let's go ahead and actually lay this foundation for why the Mandarin is the Mandarin, because that is something that, Iron Man fans are still kind of like, what the hell? Uh, and I'll go back to that here in, in a bit. But I love the fact that the film opens up with this. I, I absolutely thought that was an absolutely brilliant call. And speaking of the writing, the two writers for this, because uh, there, uh, there are a couple. Um, one of them, oh, I don't have their names up here. I oh, thought I had that. But... Uh, the writers really are confident enough to know that, okay, yes, this is almost more of a phase one Marvel origin story, but it's paced better, I would say, than even some of the phase one stuff. Because this could have easily been Thor, and, and I don't mean that as a, as a bad thing, because I'm a big fan of the first Thor, but I, I think we can all admit that the second act, to an extent, does lag a little bit as far as... Um, you know, him being a civilian and all that, it lags a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. There's no lag here for me. This was one of these films that this is over two hours. I want to say it's like two hours, uh, 15 minutes-ish. And it really feels like, oh, wow, 
They really knew exactly how to keep this pace, how to really keep a steady rhythm. Even all the intro stuff at the beginning where you kind of go, all right, we're, we're doing this. Okay. It is all interesting stuff. So when you do get to the latest stuff in the film, the film definitely rewards you for paying attention at the, at, at the beginning. Uh, another thing I will say about the film as well Early on, when we find out how Shang-Chi and, and uh, Katie met, he talks about this fact that that uh, he was at, I want to say high school, and this guy goes, or uh, I can't remember if it was high school or college, but this guy yells, you know, what up, Gondam style? And he immediately retorts back, I'm not Korean, idiot. And I love the fact that the movie actually addresses, hey, this is something that, you know, <laughs> that piece... <coughs> Pardon me. That people of color go through, there is that incredible racial component, even in a place like San Francisco, which we think is, you know, so evolved and so liberal and all that. I love the fact the film calls that out. And there there's a it's a very much a probably a blink and you'll miss it moment. But there is this moment where Shang-Chi uh, and Katie are walking uh, down the street together. And, you know, you see all these posters, uh, as you would in San Francisco, or these flyers. And there's this flyer that uh, that says, uh, "Post, uh, are you suffering from post-blip uh, disorder? Uh, call here or visit this website. And I appreciate the fact that the blip is such a giant fucking, you know, catastrophe, you know, with half the world, you know, world's population disappearing. Kind of is. I love the fact that that's still a thread that that's that's being continued on because you know as we start as we slowly start to get more and more people vaccinated as we start to go ahead and you know have the booster shots and all that i i mean let's be real i think a lot of us are going to need <laughs> some sort of counseling counseling coming out of the whole pandemic i mean which is not a bad thing i think we're all we're due for some counseling anyway but i love the fact that that's a thread that's still being uh, that's still being discussed. Um, as far as another complaint, there is this, and I don't want to give too much away, but you see in the trailer that Wong and Abomination fight, right? You, you see that in the trailer. The way that kind of ends, I went, huh, okay. I would like some more clarification on why this is the road we're going down. Like, uh, okay. I, I would have liked some more on that it felt again it's something that they might touch on down the road but i definitely was sitting there going yeah i, I kind of would like a little more than that but okay um also to uh, as far as uh, as far as complaints the last third of this movie and again i know i'm being vague but i'm really intentionally trying to be vague for a reason but the last third of this film the last you know big battle it's very reminiscent of Black Panther, but I'll be the first to admit this does a better job with the fighting overall. Now, I there are some elements in the last battle of Black Panther that I like more. Like for example, the you know the Shuri fake out, the Dora Milaje, you know tying up Killmonger. You know there there are those moments. You know the I did not yield. That you know I mean th there are those pockets of the third act uh, last battle that I do love, but. Overall, start to finish, this is a this does a better job in the third act, uh, last battle than Black Panther does. Um, this has the scope that makes it feel like the world could end if the Mandarins 
if the Mandarin is able to go ahead and accomplish his goal. And I love that. And the creatures that we end up seeing, some of the creature design on some of these creatures, and I, and again, being vague for a reason, but I love the way that uh, the, the creatures are designed, the way that they fight. I love the way that the Ten Rings are used in the in the last battle. It, it feels incredibly epic. Again, while not well-defined, I love how epic the actual fight feels and all the action bits using the Ten Rings it's actually really cleverly done. So I really, I really enjoyed that. But overall, uh, I'm going to kind of start to wrap up here because, okay, so you know what? Uh, you know, I'm going to give my grade first and I'll talk about the, the, the mid credit and the post credit scenes after that. Cause that is spoilery. And I don't want to go into that without, uh, you know, letting those of you who don't want to hear it, uh, go ahead and take the off ramp. So for me, Again, a few complaints, but overall, this is a solid A for me. I can't wait to buy this in 4K and rewatch it again. I might go see it again this week, like on a, like, a, like a movie Tuesday or something like that. Like I really enjoyed this, and I'm so happy for the cast. Uh, I, I didn't mention Michelle Yeoh because her character is her character is very important, and again, kind of want to dance around it, but. Michelle Yeoh, she's great in this. And there is this scene with her and Shang-Chi. You'll know it where you see it, where, uh, <coughs> pardon me, where she kind of goes ahead and teaches him something, kind of has this heart-to-heart -heart with him. And that scene and the way it's shot, and it, it's so beautiful. And this movie really made me dislike Mulan more because when you see how the action is staged here, I just go, why couldn't that have been like that Mulan? It, why? Like, it shouldn't have been this hard. But regardless, solid A. Solid A. Highly recommend you go see this. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Shang-Chi for being number one at the box office for its second uh, week in a row. But hell yeah, this was an absolute blast. Should go and see it. So, Okay. Now I'm gonna get into the uh, mid credits and the post uh, credit thing, and I'm kind of where I think this could potentially be going. So I mentioned earlier that the ten rings are not well defined. They don't even say where they come from. They just talk about basically they're kind of like a mist, like a uh, ancient uh, energy. I think is the term they use. So I think that's being done by uh, intentionally because if you notice in the trailers, when Shang Chi is using the rings, they're gold. Uh, the color when he's using the rings. I personally think that maybe the Ten Rings were created by the Eternals. And the only reason I bring that up is because if you notice, uh, like uh, Kamal uh, Nanjani, like his his power base when he's uh, shooting kind of the um, uh, shooting the energy out of his fingers, that energy is gold. When you see Angelina Jolie using kind of that like light sword, that's gold. When you see um, uh, Richard. Uh, that when you see pretty much everyone in the trailer using their powers, gold is that is the color that's associated with them. So I'm wondering if maybe these were created by Eternals, you know, thousands of years ago, discovered, and then this is where you know the rings come from. My other guess would be uh, that it could very easily be something created by one of the variants of King the Conqueror. It makes a lot of sense considering he is a scientist and perhaps a scientist of 
another variant version of him saw some evil, recognized the potential threat, left the ring somewhere, very easily could be Kang. So I think, again, I think they're leaving that thread very intentionally to go ahead and tie that into something later on and go, oh, 10 rings, ba-ba. So if it's, if, if, it's, if it's either one of those, you heard it here first. <laughs> but that's what I'm that's what I'm leaning towards. And then the 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 uh, the mid credit scene. So Katie, to my knowledge, does not have a character. Is not based on a character in the comics. They could easily do you know pull a uh, pull an Agents of Shield, and we find out you know Katie's a you know nickname for you know something else. You know it's an alias. We could easily find that out down the road. But what I love about this movie, and I love about the mid credits, is that. Wong really does a great job, Benedict Wong, uh, of course, playing Wong here. The movie really does a great job of hammering home the notion that your lives are changing from this moment forward. Like, you can't go backwards. Like, you're superheroes now. You have to understand that things aren't going to get easier. And I actually love that humbling reality. I love that uh, Katie and Shang-Chi get to talk with Captain Marvel and uh in bruce uh in bruce banner and oh god was a koi there am i am i imagining a koi i don't think she was there but it feels like and this is me kind of hail marrying a little bit or swinging for the fences it feels like there's kind of setting up their own version of the illuminati uh in uh which if you know is a thing in the marvel comics as well some of the most you know uh revered minds in the mcu that could be a road they're going down. It feels like Wong could easily be a member of the Illuminati as far as, you know, one of those well-revered, well-respective uh, intellectuals. But there's that. The second mid-credit scene, uh, the post-credit scene, that's the one I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Because we see uh, Shang-Chi's sister, uh, 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 Zha, uh, Zha Ling, we see her supposedly shutting down the Ten Rings, and she's not shutting it down at all. She's taking it over. She's the new head of the Ten Rings. And so I hope, and I mean this, I hope that somehow the Ten Rings are involved in the next Captain America. Because could you imagine Sharon Carter and Zha, and uh, Zha Ling working together? Like Sharon Carter giving her information to empower the Ten Rings? I would love that, and <coughs> pardon me, and to see Anthony Mackie take on the Ten Rings as Captain America. Sign me up for that shit. Let's go. So I'm very intrigued on where they're going with this. And then the last thing I will throw out the 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 country or the uh, the, the 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 place that they are in at the end of the film. It's called Talo. It ties in just enough, and even if you, in a kind of a blinking, you miss it moment, there's this moment where Shang-Chi is training, and the attire he's wearing, it's yellow, uh, it's yellow and like a dark forest green, very similar to the outfit of Mr. Danny Rand. There's even a dragon, and they mentioned like the heart of the dragon, which is how, keep in mind, uh, uh, you know, uh, not Finn Jones, he's a guy who played Iron Fist, how Danny Rand gets the power of the immortal iron fist the other key thing is though okoye in the comics right now is one of the uh what's known as an immortal warrior he has the power of the iron fist right now there's easily a world where you give okoye superpowers proper 
considering we we don't have a Black Panther right now. They could easily do that. So I'm very intrigued if that's going to be what sets up Danny Rand, because I feel like Shang-Chi does that very intentionally. But I will probably talk about that more during a, a watch-along of Shang-Chi once it comes out on uh, on a 4K and Blu-ray. But absolutely love this movie. Solid A again. Everyone, have you seen Shang-Chi? If you have, what did you think about it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp, to name a few spots at The Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. And you can go ahead and like our gaming page, Real Pineapple Games. Go ahead and be uh, following that so you know when I'm going to hop on Twitch, which is going to be next month for uh, Halloween. Uh, Not on Halloween. Maybe on Halloween. But I'm going to go ahead and be on... I'm going to go ahead and be streaming Resident Evil 4, which I am horribly excited to go ahead and get into because I have not beaten that before. But... Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will have reviews up soon for uh, Free Guy as well as for uh, Ride the Eagle. I am unfortunately getting my wisdom teeth teeth taken out in uh, taken out this week, so probably won't be any reviews this weekend. But uh, I will make sure I've got uh, something uploaded for uh, for y'all that uh, I'll probably uh, pre-record. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other, wear a mask, get your COVID shot if you've not gotten it for Pete's sake. Uh, Stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon.